Cali, Cali. I'm going back to Cali. I don't think so. I'm going back to Cali, Cali, Cali. Welcome to another episode of Damsels in Discussion, where we would discuss pop culture from a funny, foul-mouthed feminist perspective. This week, before we go on summer hiatus, we will be discussing the final two episodes of Season 6 of Mad Men. I'm Brandi Sperry in Los Angeles. I'm Shannon Bowen in Oakland. And I'm Teresa Schechter in Brooklyn. Now, Teresa, you want to start with the, start at the end? <laughs> yes. The last minute of the season finale absolutely destroyed me. Like, destroyed me. Karen you cried? Shipka, yes. I've seen it three times now. And I've gotten wow. weepy every single time. And Kiernan Shipka, just it's just that look. That look that she gives her dad. Yeah, she's an amazing actress. I feel like at least this finale redeemed a pretty misguided season. But I didn't feel emotional. I didn't think the whole season was as misguided as you did. Although I think the Dawn storyline, and I was just so mad to have to see another whorehouse flashback <laughs> that maybe like let me bang this theme into the ground some more i could have gotten that he was referencing something that happened in the past without actually having to watch every second of it well it was an excuse to see the outside of the house so then when we saw the outside of the house again yes yes i mean i get it but i do think that the best part of the end was sally and i i think that that relationship is really interesting i think in the last few episodes they've done some really strong work comparing her to each of her parents and I look forward to seeing where she is next season. I think the best part of the end of the finale was Peggy wearing pants sitting <laughs> yeah. in Don's office. I mean, to be honest, that was way more interesting to me. Like, I love the Sally stuff. I do. But, you know, I, I'm the character I'm most interested in is Peggy. I gotta have that pantsuit as, like, my own wallpaper immediately. Like, as soon as Mad Style comes out, that picture is going all yeah. over everything I own. I have to tell you, like, she was totally channel- channeling Mary Richards there. Yeah, totally! It was just uh, great. Oh, I loved it. I started screaming when I saw her in a pantsuit. I started singing, you're gonna make it after all. <laughs> mm, awesome. You have to make that the theme music for this one. Okay, done. Um, no, you're right. That was that was really that was fantastic too. I mean, I, just seeing her like that, and then sitting down at Don's desk and the silhouette of her from behind that classic Don Draper view, um, which I had to watch the show twice to really catch that. Oh, really? It stuck out to me immediately, and it was like the new Don Draper, Peggy Olson. Um, <laughs> I lo- I loved it, and yeah, no, I'm definitely interested in the Sally stuff. I I'm very impressed with Betty this season. Um, mm-hmm. I loved her heartbreaking call with Dawn, you know, that the, the good is not winning over the bad. And uh, she's really turned back into a human. She was kind of a monster for a while, but she's back into a human. And I really enjoy her scenes. It wasn't so much that I love Sally or I love the storyline or anything. I think it for me, it was just from the point of view of the of the filmmaking of it. You know, Mm -hmm. just the way that that shot was set up, the way the music comes in. I'm a sucker for a good Judy Collins song. And then I thought of the poster and the two Dawns looking two different directions. But those two Dawns, I mean, what Dawn do we think we're going to get next season? Because it's neither at this point, right? He didn't get to go to California. 
which of course we knew as soon as he said that there's no way they're actually gonna i mean mad men is not that optimistic right the partners don't want him around he's broken up with megan he's broken up with peggy i mean this guy is floating right now i feel like they might use the last season to you know be the redemption of dawn or something i don't know yeah we'll probably open with him swimming in a pool and journaling um i guess i just (laughs) i don't really have much hope for dawn um i was reading uh, one of the slate recaps and they were comparing him to harry angstrom in the rabbit novels which are some of my favorite books and uh he's not very redeemable either (laughs) so uh, yeah the redemption of dawn is that even possible i'm not sure Well, I don't think Dawn will ever be redeemed in a way that would make the funny feminist (laughs) foul-mouthed damsels happy. (laughs) But I I could see him finding some kind of peace in within his own universe, and maybe that means he's by himself. I think. Yeah, he's definitely got to end up by himself. I mean, he's never had a decent relationship with a woman, and I can't take it. I can't watch it again, you know? So, mm-hmm. and I and I wouldn't want them to all of a sudden have some magical woman who can save him come along either. Right. I have this image of, of Big flying to Paris to see Carrie <laughs> and tell her that she's the one. <laughs> yeah, I guess, like, get back with Betty or something. Well, how about Faye? I'm still rooting for Faye, personally. But I know. He doesn't deserve her. No, Faye could do so much better than him. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I think what Dawn needs more than anything is to stop drinking. And they really brought his alcoholism to the forefront these last couple of episodes. And, you know, it's killing him. So, I think that's what he needs. He needs to dry out, get, and put his past in the past. He needs, like, some good Therapy. Therapy. Do you think Don could go into therapy? We saw Roger be in therapy. Roger was in therapy. I think it worked Allie for him. Allie was in therapy. Betty Allie. was in therapy. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe he'll join Est. What is that? It's this it's this big new agey self actualization program from the seventies. Ooh. <laughs> Should I Google Burn. it for you? It was very big. <laughs> think you know turtlenecks and retreats he did wear a turtleneck in the second to last episode this (laughs) this past episode every guy is wearing a turtleneck oh my god pack of the turtlenecks the polyester turtlenecks jim cutler was wearing one jim cutler was even wearing a turtleneck i know and and shocking peter campbell in a turtleneck and of course ted in his turtleneck yeah ted was back in the turtlenecks back in the turtlenecks i don't know what that means but Well, that's a good segue. Yeah. Let's talk about how I want to name this episode, Fuck You, Ted. (laughs) Like, what an asshole. Uh, I'm not even saying, like, that he should have left his wife or whatever, but, like, you have to pick. Like, don't go fuck Peggy and then the next day be like, that was a mistake. Like, just fuck you. Seriously. You know what, though? Does he have to choose? Because he's a powerful man. He didn't have to choose. He got everything he wanted. And honestly, Peggy was kind of dumb to believe him because she should know that he's all about duty and doing the right thing. And that guilt would just kill him, you know? So I I wasn't surprised by any decision that Ted made in that. It just seemed inevitable. Um, I just felt bad for Peggy because she fell for it and she deserved better. I was I was trying to figure out whether we were supposed to think Ted was doing the right thing by staying with his family. Were we? Was that? 
I did, I never got that feeling. No. Okay, because I, I think didn't... once once he went over to Peggy's, I feel like there was no right thing to do. You know, what once you've cheated, like something, whatever you do is is fucking someone over. You know. Right. There's been this conversation about how Ted and Don are like similar, but they're like two sides of the same coin. Yeah. And and because Ted stays with his family, he's like the good version. And I'm thinking that's good is that the bar because the bar is pretty fucking low if right. i don't think like ted's that. a good man definitely not i mean i think ted is a coward because coward. i think he really does love peggy but i think he's terrified of disappointing people mm-hmm. and i think he felt like it was easier to disappoint peggy because he was giving her her career in his mind he was setting her free giving her her career and that was fine whereas he would just take everything away from his wife and kids who are dependent on him i really just can't deal with the situation where a dude is like this is for your own good and you'll see that sometime in the future i was just infuriated by that and then later you know peggy's line well aren't you lucky to have decisions which is basically just like i don't know i could like feel my most dysfunctional relationship completely like encapsulated in that one line of dialogue and I was so like yes Peggy get mad like get angry at him and tell him to go away forever because just fuck everything that Ted did in this episode seriously I don't know what's going to happen with him and Pete being in California and then we've got Bob Benson in Detroit and everybody else in New York it makes me a little nervous the disjointedness of next season well, and, and did Pete get sent to California because he was being punished? They never bothered to explain it. That came episode. out of nowhere. I was actually thinking, wait, did Pete get fired and he's got a new job in California? Like, it was a little mysterious for a while. Well, did I you guys read that I... interview with Matthew Weiner that they published, like, as the episode on the West Coast <laughs> finished? <laughs> and he was like, oh, yeah, of course, Yvonne called. <sighs> Joan. And it was like, well, how would we know that? And some Just reviewer was like, no I wouldn't mad at her. Like, right. It, no, like no news is good news for the viewer. And this is why I say this season is misguided. There's a lot of weird loopholes and things. A lot of things that were started that were never finished. It just felt very choppy. I, I read that interview and when he was like, oh, yes, oh, of course. Yes. She got Avon. Sure. And I'm thinking, what the fuck, you fucking asshole. You're such an idiot. This is Joan's most important storyline, and you can't be bothered to throw one sentence into the script telling us she got it? You no, we have her. to spend more time in the whorehouse. Are you seriously? We have to understand why Dawn is an asshole to women. <laughs> I think there's definitely a disconnect where I don't think Matthew Weiner, like, uh, honestly understands what are the most important moments for the female characters sometimes. Because another moment, and this is a smaller complaint, but it really bothered me from a writer's perspective in this episode when Stan bursts into the office and starts complaining to Dawn about his how he wants to go to California, and he says... Uh, you haven't even thought about how this is going to affect Secretary Dawn. You know, you totally, like, probably dictated the memo to her. And I was just thinking, that would have been an interesting thing to actually see or to hear her talk about. Probably, like, the biggest moment that's affected her all season, this minority woman, the only one in the cast, and you're going to have a white guy summarize it while she's God knows where. It was just sloppy. He's I, Yeah, you're right. I don't think he gets what's important with the women's characters' lives. And the fact that there's no mention of Avon... But we have to spend more time with, like, the whole 
Kevin and Roger, and, and not that that's like not an interesting storyline. It's that's not. Jones it's not an interesting storyline. No, <laughs> I'm just gonna say fine. it. It's not. It's like it's not it, going anywhere. It's been done. Right. Her and Roger has been done and done and done, and there was right. absolutely nothing new about her and Roger. Right. In that so last scene. Joan's entire season storyline ends with Roger coming over and playing with her son. I mean, I will never want to give up Bob Benson in the apron carving turkey because that's beautiful. <laughs> this is how Joan's storyline ends after everything that's happened to her this season. It's like, oh, right. No, but I would argue that not much has happened to her this season. Last season was Joan's season and she grew leaps and bounds. And then this season was a lot of people just kind of kicking her around the office. She's still acting like our secretary. There's one episode that focuses on her. It's taking this big chance. And then the writers never bother to tell us what happens with it. And it's back with her surrounded by men that are wrong for her. And it was so disrespectful, I feel like, to the Joan that they built up in season five. It was like, why did you do all that to waste this character in season six? I, I just don't understand. I, I the, Their misuse of Joan this season is very confusing to me. It's because Matthew Weiner is clueless about his female characters, and I don't care how many times he talks about how strong they are and feminism, lip service. He just doesn't have a clue. And the Well, I feel like last season he did. I loved last season with Peggy and Jim and Megan. You know, they were all going after things that were bigger than their lives that they had at this moment, and a lot of this season was just a lot of women – being unhappy about the decisions that men are making for them. And in that interview with Matthew Weiner, he was talking about, oh, well, Peggy and Joe never pick the right men. Okay. Obviously we've all been there, but why is he always punishing the powerful, successful woman, Megan, Bay, even Rachel Menken in the beginning. And, you know, Peggy and Joan, why can't one of them have a successful love life and a successful professional life? Like why is that impossible? Yeah, I often think, like, it's your world. You're writing it. Yeah, and you yeah. can say the women never pick the right men. You haven't written one right man. Like, you you only write right. guys that are treating them like shit. So it's not – you. there's no right answer. And, I mean, granted, none of the men get to have a great – professional life and a great romantic life either like look at poor Kenny he was the closest one and then he got shot in the face <laughs> poor Kenny <laughs> but he is still happy with his wife it seems like they're gonna have a I know but he can't have both you know he has to <laughs> right back you're right you're right yeah. life. well Kenny is the most feminist character on that show as far as seriously I'm... feminist guy <laughs> that's why it infuriated me the scene where Pete goes and has this loving moment with his daughter that, I mean, we've never seen them together. I think since she's been born barely. And it's this tender moment and her staring at them. And it's like, uh, this guy's a rapist. He's hates his mother. I mean, he hates women. He treated Trudy like shit. He's not a good father. It's probably best if he's not in her life. So don't make this simpering gross scene wherever all these women are supposed to be like, oh, Pete, he's such a sweet father. He's probably just misunderstood. No, he hates women and his heart of hearts. He may be <laughs> liberal about race, but he does not like women. Oh, I just, I read that scene as more like sad, like him saying goodbye to everything, like the culmination of everything that he's fucked up more than that we were supposed to really sympathize with him. Although I 
I felt sorry for him a little bit. I just didn't like that Trudy came to the door and was looking all wistful and sweet. Yeah. I mean, come on. Good riddance to bad husbands. <laughs> I was so excited when I saw her name in the opening credits, and I was like, yeah, Trudy. And then it was like the worst Trudy scenes. It was like, kick him to the curb, Trudy's way more fun. I don't know. Overall, I think I, maybe more than either of you, I enjoy the, when the show spends time with Pete because I find him very compelling, even though he is a terrible person. And God, I laughed really hard at like every scene that he was <laughs> I mean, I had Not to go good, back Bob. and watch yeah. over <laughs> I was so glad. I was like, I, someone's making a gift of that right now. It's going to be great. And then I just watched it over and over the next day. <laughs> and him and his brother on the phone. Oh. Like, <laughs> well, she always loved the sea. I died. It's so funny. And I know you didn't like the storyline with the mom, Shannon, but overall I was like worth it because that was just so I just felt so like it was funny. really soap opera-ish. It felt very out of step of the world of Mad Men to me. Oh, to me it, it totally goes campy. with their To me it totally goes with their the way that they deal with random acts of violence in the show you know like the lawn that's it goes back to like the lawn oh, the lawnmower, yeah it, it totally feels in step with the sort of like silly macabre weird way that they treat when something randomly bad happens to someone but they already did some really silly stuff this season and i, I you know like with the whole speed episode which is one of my favorite episodes ever just because it was so weird and enjoyable overall i just i felt Every time we'd go to his mother, it was like, why are we spending time on the storyline? And it was just kind of the same conversation over and over again. And then her falling off a boat, I was like, this just feels really weird. <laughs> I don't know. I, I have been a fan of Vincent Carthizer since I was like the only person defending Connor on Angel. So I just like <laughs> fan work, I think, is why I really liked the whole arc of Pete this season. No, but I think Pete is a great actor. I mean, he does so much with each scene. It's just, yeah, I think you're right, Brandy. I just don't care that much for the character. I mean, I really wanted a lot more Roger in this season. Uh, I did like a lot, you know, we got to see Jim Cutler a lot, and he's an interesting character, but I just, I love Roger, and I feel like we didn't get to spend that much time with him this season. There's a lot of kicking Roger when he was down this season. Yeah. You know, like, literally, when they were in California, he gets kicked in oh, the nuts. Right. His daughter was so mean to him. Oh, and, she's horrible. Yeah, and he had nowhere to go on Thanksgiving except for to go hang out with, like, Bob Benson. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> just, I, need, I need Roger to get his mojo back next season, I think. Yeah, yeah. hopefully. I just want to put in another word in defense of Peter Campbell. He okay. is one of my favorite characters on the show, and I think that his whole arc has been fantastic. And this season finale... One of you wrote this in our in our notes, but it it really was his show. I mean, this yeah, yeah. He, he just had the best moments, the whole manipulation into that car that he couldn't drive, and him screaming yeah. at Bob and his mom, and and that conversation with his brother where they're like just too cheap to find out how she <laughs> died. I, I mean, talk about every functional family. She loved the sea, yeah. Yeah. And then they immediately start fighting over who gets her stuff. Next season, is it going to be him and Harry out in L.A. together? Because oh. that's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, Pete seems like such a New York guy. It's hard to imagine him in L.A. Oh, yeah, when they first went out there for the, like, when they were trying to land NASA or something like oh, that. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
he did not fit in. He could not figure it out. And he's especially if he can't drive, he's not going to fit in very well in L.A. <laughs> oh, shit. He has to learn how to drive now, for real. Well, yeah. I think he knows how to drive. I don't think he knows how to drive a stick shift. Because remember, yeah, he's but taking we've those seen... driver's ed classes. Yeah, we've seen how he drives, though. It ends up with him getting in an accident with Rory Gilmore. Yeah, I think he's just spectacularly well-written and acted, no matter how unpleasant he would be as a real person. I actually wonder if, if Matthew Weiner regrets that whole au pair rape storyline, because it really it doesn't fit as much with the rest of Pete Campbell's story, and they've never shown him do something that terrible ever again. Right, because now every time someone talks about Pete, it's always, yes, but the au pair rape. And that keeps coming up as, you know. Well, because you can never really, you know, you can never live that down. So, I I mean, I just think that they should never have had that storyline in the first place. But anyway, what's what's next? Uh, Well, we've got Bob. Bob Bob Benson. Bob Benson, who's apparently a, a grifter slash former manservant slash electric pencil sharpener stealer, um, <laughs> which I didn't get to talk about this last week, but I just, I think I said this before as this was all starting to roll along as we found out that Bob was gay and stuff that like, I seriously, like, you know how I felt about Bob at the beginning of the season and Matt putting him with Pete fixed it for me it's hilarious to me to watch the two of them together and so Mm -hmm. interesting and I hope that they keep him around somehow like Shannon said it's really weird how everyone's scattered sort of going into next season but and I don't want more new characters taking up real estate when I've only just learned to love the new character that they gave us this season. Well, I heard that I, I read an interview with uh, is it James Wolk. Is that his name? Who plays Bob? Yeah. I read an interview with him that he's on some new show next season. So maybe he'll just be limited in Mad Men. Yeah, he could pull an hmm. Allison Brie. They could make it oh, work. Oh, yeah, he could be an Allison Brie. But see, but then I get resentful that why do we have to spend all this time with a character that doesn't matter and I got no Joan and well, barely any I Roger. Think, I think Bob Benson played a sort of an interesting role in this season. Mm-hmm. Personally, I, lo- I was a fan of his character. And I was a fan of Megan this season, too. And you know how much I hated Megan. I know. That's huge. I loved her fuck-off speech, Tim, at the end because it's been a long time coming. And, mm-hmm. you know, I hope she goes to California. And auditions um, because that was really shitty what he did to her. Um, And I do think that he does love her in a way, but I, you know, I don't think he's like Lenny. He doesn't know how to pet the mouse without killing it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, I think he felt genuinely bad about having to pull back and not go to California, but feeling bad about something and actively trying to make sure you don't hurt the person in the first place are two different things. I think she would have been understanding if it wasn't for everything else, you know, but it's that he hasn't done one nice thing for her that he has been so distant and awful to her and made her do everything. I think if he, if he had just been a normal person all season, she would have been like, I understand you're trying to do something nice, you know, for your coworker. I get it. Instead, it was like, no, you never think of me. Well, did anybody see parallels between Ted and Lane? No. I felt like I felt like Ted, Ted going to see Don with this total desperation. Oh, and asking Don for his oh. help. Oh, 
wow, I didn't even think about that, but that is a really good connection to make. I, I felt like there was some kind of real connection, at least in Don's brain, where he was like, well, the last time I didn't help a desperate coworker, this is what happened. I didn't see that at all. I just saw when he was doing his, you know, infamous Hershey's pitch and he looks over at Ted's face and it's just distraught thinking about Peggy and what he's going to do with his life. And he's like, well, if he can't be honest, I can. And, you know, and then he's like, well, I can at least do this for him. I felt so awkward during that whole scene. It was amazing. Extremely <laughs> awkward. But I thought it was too much. Honestly, I thought it was kind of overwritten. When he was like, that was the only sweet thing in my life, I was like, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> <laughs> that line of dialogue needed to be deleted from the first draft. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I mean, obviously, John Hamm did his best, and he's very good no matter what you give him, but I just... The second time I watched the episode especially, I was like, I don't know if I can sit through the scene again. Yeah. My favorite part was when he talked about the ceremony of it. I thought that was the best part. You know, the ceremony of opening the chocolate bar, and that's when he felt like a normal kid. That's the part that I liked the most. I just I just liked watching everyone's face. <laughs> like Cutler's like, where am I? The fuck? <laughs> And Roger, Which he looks like a lot of times in yeah in the season. He does. He does. I I, do, I love Harry Hamlin. It's like he's just the most deadpan character on that show. Is that Chanel number what? five? <laughs> oh my god! And the best line, "Vixen by night." I died. Vixen by night. I know that dress, that dress was fantastic. It was fantastic. I was like wanting Peggy in that dress. God. <laughs> I was like, this is really, really bad. I mean, I'm just hoping when Tom and Lorenzo do their mad sale and they get to that and they just go, girl, that is not your dress. <laughs> it was like, what? But it was so great in how over the top it was. Yeah. yeah. I'm leaving now. <laughs> is that okay? Like with the like slightly breathy voice. Oh my God. Vixen by night. <laughs> So, do we want to do some predictions, some fearless predictions for next season? Well, I predict that Megan's going to be in California. I mean, right now, yeah, we've got at least four characters going to California. Yeah. We have four so, characters going to California? Well, we've already got Harry there, if Ted and Pete are both going, and Megan. Yeah. True. Mm-hmm. I think Pete's going to come back, though. I think they're writing Ted off the show, more or less. Is my guess? I think oh, he, really? Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, so. I think he's played out. I think I'm okay with that. I think really? I really too. enjoyed him this season. I did too, but I think that was like that was good enough. I don't know what else I want from him. You know? Yeah. I guess I'm really looking forward to seeing them build the LA office. I mean, I guess because I'm a California girl, I'm just I'm actually really excited about the California office. Yeah. I feel like we're not going to spend a lot of time in the California office. Well, I predict that we will. All right. Well, I mean, it depends. <laughs> All right, then. Um, it does, Touché. It does depend on how much of a leap, time leap forward. I mean, this is their last season, right? So where are they going to end it? Are they going to end it with the end of the 60s? Like they... I think so. Of the oh season. God! It'll probably be fucking like eleven fifty nine on December thirty first, nineteen sixty nine, when we cut to black. Like that's my prediction. Oh, interesting. <laughs> like, mm. uh, we will get all of the sixties and not a second of the seventies because oh. that is just 
style. Interesting. So final scene, party at mm -hmm. Sterling Cooper and Partners, because they do parties really well. So mm -hmm. everyone will be there. Everyone's flying in from wherever they are for the party. Bert Cooper is going to drop dead. <laughs> and Poor then Bert. And I then bet they do kill Bert. They're going to have to kill Bert, yeah. And then um and then it'll be midnight. It'll be New Year's Eve. And just before it becomes 1970, it'll go black. I love that. Okay. All right. All right, Matthew Weiner, if you're listening, you can have that idea. It's yours. Oh, sure. After we told him to go <laughs> fuck himself. I'm still watching his show. I'm still dedicating hours of my life every week to promoting his show. I'm allowed That's to say true. fuck you once in a while. That's true. Um, and it, it, even though I've been grumbling so much about this last season, I mean, what I love about Mad Men is it is the most interesting show to talk about. Hands down, on TV right now, it's the most interesting show to watch and the most interesting show to talk about. And I just want better storylines for the female characters. Right. <laughs> and I propose that Peggy takes over Dawn's office. She wears mm -hmm. pants every day. Mm -hmm. And she oh. fucks whoever she wants, and it's great. And she gets a kooky best friend. Yeah, she needs a kooky <laughs> best friend. What? No, Dawn will be it. her secretary. Dawn will be her secretary, and they'll become buds. And fucking Harry Francis should hire them to run his campaign. And then Betty is, like, in the office with them. Oh, excellent. <laughs> that would be so good. Oh, that would be really good. Yeah. And then what's going to happen with Don? He's going to get kicked around oh. a little bit, but... He's gonna he's gonna make it after all, isn't he? He's our I hero. think he's gonna have to so he, we're gonna see him sobering up, swimming, spending time with his kids. No more journaling, please. And <laughs> no no more swimming. New... He can't swim anymore because now that's Olivia Pope that swims when she has troubles. Oh. Like we can't. It's too. No I can't have so many characters doing laps. I predict that Joan will have a storyline next season. So just something. I think she's going to marry it's a, a title. Prince. A what? She's going to marry a prince. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I actually would love to see her be a single mom and not marry. I'd love to see her. I just want to see her have a real title and a real job in the agency. This idea of leaving all the successful women single isn't even realistic. I mean, no. you know, there are many interesting storylines about successful women who then get married and have to juggle their families and their jobs. And, you know, that's a very, yeah, I heard there's a book about it. There, <laughs> there is, but I mean, there's that much to say about it. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a little bit lazy to just say, Oh, lucky in business, unlucky in love. Well, maybe Peggy totally. and Stan will figure out. The <gasps> Peggy and Stan are soulmates. Oh, I was sad that we didn't see Ginsburg, though. Like, that was the, another was thing that too. was the beginnings of an interesting storyline that they didn't follow through on. His, like, sort of mental breakdown that he was about to have. It's going to be really sad when that final episode plays, because it's been a great show to be part of my life for the last six years. So it's going to be sad when it's over. Okay, so it's time for one fabulous thing. Brandy, go. Oh, okay. Um, so I've been meaning to watch this for forever, but I finally started watching Prime Suspect on Netflix, the original yeah. with Helen Mirren. And of course, Helen Mirren is awesome. And the first uh, series is all about her being like the first female DCI put on this big murder case. 
and how all the dudes are like, oh, we have to follow a woman's orders, blah, blah, blah. And then the second series is like, we're going to do one about racism now. And the third series is like, we're going to do one about homophobia. (laughs) It's just kind of, it's kind of great. Everyone's carrying around their giant 90s cell phones and like, I just, I'm having a lot of fun with it. And and there's so many actors that are like, just before they hit it big, they were in Prime Suspect. <laughs> like, yeah. Tom Wilkinson and Mark Strong and Peter Capaldi and Johnny Lee Miller. Like, so many really? dudes. Wait, Peter, pa- wait, what was Peter Capaldi? Oh, Peter Capaldi was one of the cops? No, 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 no. In, oh. in series three, he's like a transgender woman. Really? Peter Cap- uh, yeah, I have to watch that. Yeah, again. yeah. When I first when it opens with like a glittery sort of stage show, and I thought he was just playing a drag queen, but then as it goes on, it becomes clear like his character's name is Vera, and I was oh. like, wow, this is pretty like like interesting for 1993 to have like a prominent character on this show be, and you know everyone sort of like really treats him the, the actor this character as if he's really playing a woman. So it's it's great. Yeah. Um, well, I haven't really been watching that much TV lately, so I did read the sequel to the book I already recommended on this podcast, The Passage, called The Twelve. Um, and Therese, you read it too. Yes, I did. Um, and I actually liked this one even better um, because I thought the pacing was much better and it continues to have super strong female characters who kick a lot of butt in this pretty crazy post-apocalyptic world. Um, there was even new kick-ass female characters. So um, highly recommend it. Yeah, thank you for the recommendation. I look forward to book three, but that's going to be like another year, right? I don't know. He's writing it right now, so I don't know when yeah. it's supposed to come out, but finish it. Well, my one fabulous thing is happening as we're recording this. So by the time you all hear this, it'll be all over one way or another. But um, Texas State Senator Wendy Davis is filibustering in um, – for she's been going for how long now like 10 hours maybe yes she has to make it another two hours and 48 minutes right now (laughs) right to to prevent uh this really heinous uh anti-abortion bill from passing in senate which you know to be brief about it it would effectively uh and safe and legal abortion in Texas, pretty much because the restrictions are so onerous that um, it would shut down all but five clinics in the entire state of Texas that are able to perform abortions. And Yeah, and this has been the tactic of the um, conservative party for the last three years, is they know they can't go directly after Roe versus Wade, so in different states they try and make it, uh, put up all these bogus restrictions so that it makes it almost impossible to be able to provide the service. It's evil. Like it's, it, this is an evil tactic mm-hmm. that they're using. And I don't believe in, I don't, I don't think filibustering should really be a thing, but so long as Republicans are going to keep using it to keep Democrats from enacting their legislation, then let's fight fire with fire. You know, the best yeah. part of this whole story, aside from kick-ass Senator Wendy Davis, is that there are all these women all over Texas who are making themselves seen and heard to support mm-hmm. her, and that is just fantastic. Pretty much untalked about, really, was how last year 
uh, Governor Rick Perry, I should call him Dick Perry, uh, cut all this funding for reproductive health clinics across the state of Texas, and over 300,000 low-income women lost access to reproductive health care because so many clinics had to close due to lack of funding. Um, so this is the next step in making um, reproductive health choices pretty hard to come by in Texas. So it's nice that people are standing up. Uh, and I love that this is happening in Texas because I think like it, the way that our country is divided, it's so easy for people on either side to just be like writing off entire sections like, oh, let's just let yeah. Texas secede. Let's just give up on them, blah, blah, blah. There's plenty of strong voices in Texas. And I'm just really like, I'm so nervous for this right now. And I'm so excited that it's happening. Yeah. And shout out to my many friends that are there at the Capitol. I wish I was there with them. All right. Take us home, Brandy. Thank you for listening. We will be back in a couple months when shows start coming back. (laughs) And until then, we will keep posting anything, rumors, fun things, and analyses that we find on uh, Twitter at damsels underscore discuss. Is that right? Uh, (laughs) On Tumblr at damselsdiscuss.tumblr.com. And if you search damsels in discussion on Facebook, you will find us in all of those places with content to tide you over until we have new episodes. Thank you for listening. Though we gotta say goodbye for the summer, baby, I promise you this, I'll send you all my love every day in a letter, sealed with a kiss. Yes, it's gonna be a cold, lonely summer. But I